on this week's episode of The Fizz, we cover the biggest Lions game in 30 years as they host the LA Rams for a home playoff game. We talk about how big the game is for Jared Goff. We talk about Kelly Stafford and her emotions going into the game. And then we talk about all of the other playoff games around the NFL. Great football talk, great recap of week 18 and the tailgate. You're going to want to listen to this one. After that, we talk about U of M winning the national championship and how it is a nightmare for us as MSU fans. After that, we talk about the biggest breakups in pop culture, sports, and everything else in between because Nike and Tiger have officially split. We do a quick Red Wings recap before closing with Over Under. But before we get into all of that, I have to tell you about our amazing sponsor, Vosa. Vosa is a Michigan-made vodka RTD beverage. RTD meaning ready to drink. They have two options for you, a Highline and a vodka water. The Highline has a little bit of carbonation, a little more flavor to it, and it is 7% alcohol by volume. If you're looking for something a little lighter, go to the vodka water, which is 5% alcohol by volume. It has no carbonation and has a little less flavor. To it. My favorite personally is the vodka water lemonade. These are made in Michigan and they sponsor the Fizz and they sponsor Champagne Athletics. So as you prepare for the Detroit Lions game this Sunday, make sure to pick up a case of Michigan made Vosa. Vosa, enjoy the finer things. But now, let's get into the Fizz. Hello and welcome to episode 136 of The Fizz. Thank you all for being here. I'm with the main men, downtown Detroit. It is Wednesday evening at 6.30. To my right, I got ice cold brew, Lou. How we doing, Lou? Doing good, baby. Ready to rock it out. Let's get these fucking playoffs started, buddy. Yeah, we're buzzing. Come on now. To my left, Channy Football. How we doing, Chan? Big week ahead. Biggest week in 30 years. Yeah, unbelievable. We're jumping right in. Detroit Lions. It's the talk of the town, the talk of the state, talk of the NFL. Uh, Couldn't be more excited. Let's start with this tailgate we just had. So we finished week 18. Lions win over the Vikings. I honestly forgot the score. Oh, 30 to 20. Yep. There we go. Yep. 30 to 20. Uh, probably the most fun we've ever had at tailgate, wouldn't you say? I agree. It was a different atmosphere. Everyone was like, kind of took a deep breath. You know, it didn't really matter. We had an outside chance to get the two seed. Usually we're rooting for a loss in week 18 because we want a better draft position. So we've never been in this position, but just an awesome time downtown. I was a little nervous when we first pulled up. Didn't see too many tents. Didn't see too many grills going. But, man, the people showed out. People showed out big time. The energy ended up being there. Uh, I feel like we always do that. You know, we pull up, we're like, ah, oh, shit, it's fucking dead. <laughs> and then by the end of it, you know, we're on the second floor of tin roof. In the heat of the moment, yeah, baby. Exactly. <laughs> we're the exactly. Fu- we're in the fire. Yeah, dude. Easily my, my favorite tailgate. Definitely was the the loosest I've been for yeah. this tailgate yeah. video. Um, how about the fuck one, marry one, kill one controversy? Yeah, that was um that was out of control. So if you guys haven't seen the tailgate video video, you'll definitely want to check that out. But uh, Lou just started asking all these fine young women around uh, Metro Detroit whether they'd fuck one, kill one, or marry one between. Jared Goff, Dan Campbell, and Aiden Hutchinson, and pretty much 90% of them said they were fucking Campbell, 
marrying Aiden and killing off, which I I took exception to. Yeah, I th- I was surprised by that. I thought Aiden and uh. Aiden and Goff would be kind of flip-flopping yeah. back and forth on that, but I, I, everyone wants to fuck Dan Campbell. That's obvious. <laughs> that, was, that was consensus. <laughs> that was obvious. Um, but, yeah, I was surprised. Uh, old Goff, dude. Always getting the short end of the stick somehow. Whatever. You know, that's kind of his mantra, just back against the wall. But I think there was a couple people who said Goff, but, you know, the way Mike edited it, Definitely, definitely put uh, That's Aiden, on Mike. <laughs> We're just giving him more ammo. Just yeah. put a bigger chip on his exactly. shoulder right. into this weekend. Exactly. And, I, yeah, I thought people would marry Jared for sure. Right. Nice guy, a lot of money. Aiden's just a local guy. They love the local guys. It was also the day after, or, like, the day of the national champ, or the day That's before true. the national Good championship. Point. Couldn't that figure it all out. But, yeah, so just wild to be downtown. Snow was, like, fluttering down. but wasn't, It was a beautiful setting. It was. It wasn't too cold and just kind of a just a totally different feeling of meaningful football. Obviously, that game didn't necessarily matter, but the fact that we were going in as division champs, playing Minnesota with their backup quarterback, it was just a total role, role reversal of what we're used to. We're used to that team with the injured quarterback that's being mediocre on the road, getting killed by the division winner, and it was totally flipped. Um, and it was nice. We just took care of business, got out to a 13 nothing lead, never looked back. Um, 12-5, and five, most wins we've ever had as a franchise. Congratulations to them. And I will say this. I know it was a meaningless game, but for our three interdivision opponents this year, the Vikings fans showed out the weakest out of all three. Big Bears presence when we had the tailgate yep. there. Big Packers presence on Thanksgiving. We ran into a couple Vikings fans, but not really. Yeah, shout out to the ones who did show up for, uh, you know, a early January meaningless game in, right. in Detroit, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the ones we did meet were super, you betcha, Midwesterners, yep. like yes. nice people, but couldn't agree with you more, Chandler. And probably the reason for that is we didn't play Minnesota till the last three weeks of the season. It's true. When we were playing Bears and Packers, those games still meant something a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, One was Thanksgiving too. Exactly. Right. So no, that's a good point though. But yeah, not, not too many uh, Vikings fans, but of the ones we saw, it was pretty interesting. Like we saw that group at uh, Elwood or mm-hmm. whatever. And it was just like cousins, Jersey, not playing Dalvin cook, Jersey, not <laughs> right. on the team. Randy Moss, Jersey, not on the team. I was like, damn, it has changed. <laughs> and you're like looking around and before you just see like Stafford's and Calvin's and uh, Barry Sanders. And now you're seeing, Amon Ra's and Goff's and Hutchinson's and yep. just actually players on the team. Yep. Yep. So I'll tell you what we did do. We parked that van in the Vikings butthole. <laughs> <It> sure did. <laughs> that was the fucking highlight that of the video. That was the funniest one line Dude, we just heard. some high schooler in his fucking, uh, like, Caravan ha- of boys. Ha- yeah, Honda Odyssey. <laughs> his mom's van. He's got all his boys in the back. They're literally, like, at the front gate of Ford Field. Like, where are you They're going? They're jammed up in front of the DAC. <laughs> yes. like, it was blocked off. Yes. There's nowhere to go. I mean... Yeah, the energy level was pretty unmatched for this last week. Oh, yeah. And it was awesome, too, that we got we went a little outside of the box, too. We got off the streets. We went into the bars. Yes. We were at Tin Roof. I know we mentioned that before, but it was cool being in there. The 91 cheerleader or 99 cheerleaders <laughs> yeah. we ran into. Which is a lie, uh, right? You know that, right? What? You know they were lying. They had to be. No, they were because there weren't there's even cheerleaders. No cheerleaders. There was in no 99. cheerleaders in 99. I'm an idiot. They, they were, got you. That yeah. was their whole They shtick. were high schoolers yeah. flipping batons. Yeah. 
They were, yeah, it was they could have been. It they was just these right. women in sequined jackets, yeah. and they were like, "We're the '99 cheerleaders." That's right. We didn't have cheerleaders for the longest time, right? Till Kelly Stafford got here. That's right. She'll be talked about on the show. Shame as well. on me. But like, so we, uh, no, yeah, I ran into one of the husbands, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's, those are our wives." <laughs> they're telling everyone they were cheerleaders in '99. There's no fucking cheerleaders. <laughs> I was like, "That's pretty good, though. That's a pretty good shtick." I mean, I fooled. You. Yeah. I, I, I think it was the sauce that got me lying <laughs> in sinkers. I think the sauce was running deep at that point. Yeah, that was a little bit of a – yeah, we wanted to pop in and catch a few clips. Ended up catching the whole game in a buzz. Yeah. Oh, no, we caught a few clips all right. No small beers there. <laughs> I mean, 40-ounce beers only I at mean, the tin roof. Yeah, what's the rule at tin roof about bringing a uh, like a, a news-grade camera into the bathroom? Because, <laughs> and I had a full – Because <laughs> we did that. And we asked, like, the attendant there what weapons he would use to kill Brad Allen. What was it, candlestick, gun, and knife? Yep. All three. <laughs> Underrated line. Mike kept video. going. He's like, dude, I can't bring the camera in the bathroom. I'm like, Mike, come on. Just fucking get over here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Always dicey with the bathroom. You can't, can't be bringing the cam in there. But uh, I just I wanted to bring this up about the last week again about just how, like, different the vibe felt. Um, I found – I got, like, a Facebook memory uh, on January – so yesterday. And this was my post from 2002. So after the 2021 season – uh, where we went three and thirteen, I wrote. Always blows my mind how bad we want football season to get here, and then it's over in a blink of an eye. Final week to all the sick fucks headed to the den today. Defend it well. Defend this two thirteen and one. <laughs> oh my god, that record team with everything you have left. Uh, and then it's like a picture of me and everyone on week one. It says, here's my squad, week one, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, ready for whatever pain and torture the 2021 season has to offer. And boy, did it sting this year. Thank you, sir. Can I have another? You bet your sweet ass we'll be back again next year with the same stupid optimism, holding up arbitrary number one fingers, saying things like, I don't know, man, we could surprise some people this year. Happy final Lions Sunday team. See you next year. Hashtag forward. Uh, I just thought that was so interesting. That was two years ago to the day. Year one of Jared? Yeah. Yes, and now we are sitting here uh, in in a studio recording about how the Lions have the best record in franchise history and winning the NFC North. Um, just hosting just a home playoff hosting game. Hosting a home playoff Unbelievable. game on Sunday. So kind of blew my mind. I forgot I made this post. Um, just wild. Just wild to go from that. And we won that game. So 3-13-1 to 12-5 now. Miracles do happen. I guess so. <laughs> but, I mean, that's like when we were full on golf as a – Bridge quarterback Campbell's like kind of a joke here. Like yep. Sheila Hamp doesn't know what she's doing. Crazy. How things can change quickly. Yes, exactly, exactly. But let's not look too far in the past. We're looking forward to the future, uh, and the future is Sunday. And I'm not gonna lie, boys. It's been hard to focus on anything else this week besides this game we have versus the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, it'd be hard enough to focus just to have a home playoff game. Then with all the outside noise, who we're playing, how much more is at stake. Um, it's been hard to focus. And to be honest with you, like, I'm not nervous. I'm like excited. I want to relish it. I don't want to say this in a way that like, you know, oh, I'm happy with the season if it were to end this week, but we won our first division title in 30 years. Like, at the start of the season, we had two goals, host a home playoff game, win a home playoff game. We've already knocked one of those down. So I'm excited. I'm not nervous at all. I don't even think I'm going to be nervous. Like, we've never seen this. So I'm excited to see the Lions take the field. I'm excited to see the coverage around Ford Field on national TV for a playoff game. That's how I'm feeling early on in the week, and I'm sure it will change. But 
me not being able to focus is more excitement rather than nervous, scared, X, Y, or Z. How are you feeling? I'm with you, Chaney. I'm fucking absolutely jacked up. I cannot wait to hear Ford Field absolutely fucking rumbling. The ceiling might come down how loud that place is going to be at kickoff. Every first down, every third down, touchdowns, forget about it. It's going to be fucking epic, and I think that the Lions are going to show out. I really do. I think they're going to fucking show the fuck out. And one thing I did see, I know it's still early in the week, 70% of the bets are on the LA Rams right now. Good news. Do love to hear that. Yeah. Absolutely love to hear that. Um, I am very excited for everything like you guys said, but I'm, I'm nervous. Like I have like some sweaty palms, some sweaty feet. Like I know when that, before that game starts, like my, my, my right knee sometimes starts like shaking up and down. It's not, that's going to happen. A little jitterbug. Yes, exactly. And I think what's going to calm me down is kind of those first couple drives. Like once they start playing, I want to know what type of game it's going to be right off the rip, but I am, uh, very excited, but also I am nervous for this game because this is pretty much like the last way I'd want to go out uh, during this season would be to lose to the L- Matthew Stafford and the LA Rams at home. So for the sure. idea of that happening does make me nervous a hundred percent. It does. And how about the ticket prices before Whoa. we d- d- jump yeah. too much into the game? But I saw a graphic today where the cheapest ticket to get into Ford Field is nearly double any other game. And that already includes the Ravens divisional game in the Niners divisional game, which is a second round game. Yeah. And we're still a hundred to $150 more than those cheapest tickets. So it's like, I I can't, Lou, you said it, that you're going to blow the top off of Ford field. People have been waiting 30 years for this. People who just graduated college are now over 50. The last time they had a chance to see this. We, I I don't even know if I was potty trained the last time the Lions had a home playoff game. The energy in there is, is just in line with the ticket pricing. And I have to believe this is by far going to be the most raucous environment, not of this weekend, of this entire playoffs. Yeah, the the I was trying to think of a way of how to describe how nuts I think it's going to be, and I think it's going to be like a Mad Max scene. Like, it's going to be just... It's going to be... Apocalyptic. Bonkers. Like, did you see the clips of... Uh, like, they had these sound clips of the Lions versus the Vikings last week mm-hmm. in, like, a fuck-off game. Yeah. And it was vibratingly loud. This is going to be out of control. Amon Ra is, like, asking fans to go nuts, which he doesn't even need to do. But the fact that he's doing it, he's dyeing his hair. He's got the Honolulu fucking jet blue. blue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeez, talk about a lock for an any time. Oh, my God. You dye your hair blue, you got to score. So, I, I couldn't agree with you guys more. I The way Ford Field is built, it's just... Thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of concrete with a fucking metal roof over the top. Oh, yep. It's going to be the vibrating. going to be just shaking. And uh, I think it's going to be really tough for the Rams to hear in there. It's not like the Rams travel well or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just – the price of the ticket shows the desire and the demand for this game. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think they, they had said- any problem selling them. They said it was the most expensive wild card game ever in NFL history, yeah. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Which part of me kind of gets pissed off about that. Just like, you know, these these loyal fans have been going to these games forever, you know, and, you know, some of them probably don't have $1,200 bucks, yeah, right? to, like, to walk in. To, you know, like, I'm not dropping that cash to go, you right. know. Uh, well, we got work to do, buddy. Yeah, we got work to do. Well, we it got pisses work me off. We always hear, like, Jarrah's world is always so expensive. Mm-hmm. The cheapest ticket to get into that game is $81. 
That's crazy. Eighty-one dollars. Wow. That's two mainstream franchises: Packers and Cowboys. It's a big game. It's a state-of-the-art stadium, and it's a fourth of the price. Yeah. Of what we are to get into the door. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all either. But I don't want to harp on it too much. Right. You know. No. But like I, I don't. And you like haven't it. done something in thirty years. That's the, <laughs> that's the price you pay, brother. <laughs> yeah. Like literally. It, yeah. I mean, just talk about just like 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 I said at the end of that post I just read like thank you sir can I have another like they just if they feed us shit we just keep coming back no matter what yeah but this year hasn't been shit so it's gonna be nuts in there uh so many just crazy storylines and we just have to talk about the whole golf Stafford thing it's it's you couldn't have drawn this one up any better. The NFL is fucking in heaven right now. Cooking. Yes, absolutely. And then Kelly releases that video of like basically a thank you to Detroit for Stafford. That was like the nicest video ever. And I'm like, damn it, dude. Like, yeah. I want to be fucking pissed. Like, well, well, so you know that was when he got traded. Oh, that, that, was, that was that a repost. Oh, okay. So she resent that out. Yeah. Okay. So for those unfamiliar who haven't been following, this has kind of been the, the timeline of the gossip side of this shit is uh kelly stafford you know big in the community here in detroit stafford all that when stafford left he made like a five minute eight minute video eight minute eight minute yeah. video minute, yeah. about like a big thank you to detroit and then they gave a million dollars to the city to start this club awesome stuff she reposts that video um like two days ago yeah no caption, nothing. And it did kind of make me double I was like watching it, watching it, watching it. I'm like, wait, this is when he left. This is not like they Fresh. didn't just they didn't create just, this. Yes. Um, so she does that. You know, she kind of goes on her podcast and she gets all teary-eyed uh, saying basically like it's going to be really – I think her sentiment was ultimately like it's going to be tough to go back into that stadium and see a playoff game for the first time and not be a part of it and, yeah. in fact, root against it. Right. So, like, I get where she's coming from there. But then you have – like all of these accounts and all these people saying we're going to do a Stafford Jersey ban. And she's like punching back on it, which like I would have just stayed out of it. So it's all fucking just gossipy bullshit noise about like, if you support Stafford like Stafford, but are still a Lions fan and how you're going to go about doing that. Uh, and I just think it's like, kind of all just noise and fairy dust and actually doesn't fucking matter at all. I mean, dude, it's nothing personal. Like, it's okay to like Stafford, but it's a fucking NFL playoffs. This is blood in, blood out. Like, you fucking ride with your squad. You're either on the fucking team. We're all on the team, boys. We're on the Detroit Lions. Like, put me in, coach. Yes. Like, you, it's blood in, blood out. Yeah. Like, no fucking friends, none of that bullshit. We'll figure that out after the game. Yeah. Love them. Thank you for everything. But fuck that, dude. Yeah. We're coming in to fucking win. We're coming in to rip your fucking head off. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I get it, and they're good, and they have been good in the community, but we talked about it, and we touched on it. Matt Stafford didn't sign anywhere else in free agency. Mm-mm. The Lions didn't proactively want to trade Matt Stafford Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell came in and sat down with Matt Stafford and his reps and asked him what he wanted to do moving forward, and Matt Stafford didn't want to be part of another rebuild. Okay, that's fair. Business is business. And at the same time, business is business. You're the opposing quarterback. Thank you for your contributions to the city of Detroit. Thank you for your continued support to the city of Detroit. But I don't want to see no tears. I don't want to hear no gossip. I don't want to hear how if we lose to them, we're going to root for them. No. He's the enemy. He's the most important player on their team. And this week, 
Our job is to shut the enemy down and do whatever we need to do to make sure that he has the worst game of his career. Yeah. I don't hope injury on him. I don't hope ill will on him. And I don't hope anything bad. And I hope Lions fans, if they see Kelly Stafford, we're not going to treat her with that. But Absolutely not. I also no. don't hope we, we welcome them with open arms. Yeah. Because this is not the time or place. We've got a regular season game next year where we can welcome them back in a little less tense of a setting. Yeah. So a couple of notes to everything you just said there, Chandler. You know, number one, not only did we ask Matthew and his family what he wanted to do with the rest of his career, um, we sent him to the exact place he wanted to go. So we sent him to the LA Rams, which is where he wanted to go. So he was put exactly where he asked to be. We got exactly what we wanted in return. And looking at the return, I love, we all love the return. <laughs> love the return. Okay. So we all love that. If I saw Kelly Stafford right now today, if I saw her on the stadium, if we see her while we're out tailgating, I'd give her a big hug. I'd say, thanks for everything you did for this city. Uh, Good luck out there today. I hope we absolutely destroy the Rams. That's right. how it would be. It'd be cordial. But the you're fucking that, going down. Yeah, the fact that we're even having this conversation of like how we should be treating them as humans outside <laughs> of the field or the atmosphere is actually fucking bonkers. And the same fucking stupid accounts that are repping Detroit Rams stuff two years ago are the same ones calling for a Stafford jersey ban it's all bullshit it's all noise it's all gossip it all doesn't fucking matter i don't care if people wear stafford jerseys to the game would i wear a stafford jersey to the game no i would not do i have a stafford jersey yes have i worn it since he left no hell no okay but that doesn't mean i wish ill will or anything on him this is like such a stupid <laughs> fucking conversation and you know where none of this conversation is happening at all is in the fucking Lions locker room. 100%. None of this is being talked about. Matthew Stafford's name is not a thing. He is just the quarterback for the Rams who has a style of play that they need to scheme against. That's you, it. You know why they're not talking about it? Because of how important the game is to their quarterback, Jared Goff, who was casted away, who was basically left for dead when he got here, like you mentioned. He started his career, what, 4-20? and 20? 419 and one here in Detroit a, a year and a half ago I think 90 percent of the people would have said well Goff mm, we'll play it out bridge We're not quarterback extend them. bridge exactly. quarterback bridge quarterback and now you see him get the chance it is personal for him yeah. it is personal for him it's not for Matt Stafford it is personal for Jared Goff. There were rumblings that he had friction with Sean McVay before he left there. It was pretty well known that Sean McVay didn't think he could win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. And it almost felt like in a 10-3 Super Bowl loss, or maybe it was 13-3 against the, the Patriots, that he was the scapegoat for why they didn't win that game because they only put up three points. The team loves him. He talks in the locker room after every victory. If you don't think that locker room silently or verbally knows what they're playing for this weekend, I think you've been living under a rock yes. your whole life. Yes, and I totally respect Jared Goff uh, with all my heart for downplaying it. Uh, he So his quote was, it's so much greater than anything about me, the Rams, or Matthew in Detroit. It's about our team. We've come a long way, and it's our opportunity to go make a real run. It'd be selfish of me to make it about anything else. That's a great quote, Jared. I really do appreciate that, and I believe you believe that. Um, but, like, you can de deep this, down, but deep down, you fucking know. I will argue the fire is burning. That this game is a tick 1% below 
as big of a game as that Super Bowl versus the Patriots. I mean, this is the second biggest game of his career, and I, I, I can't say it's as big as the Super Bowl, but it's damn fucking close. He has an opportunity to look his team that casted him aside uh, and give them the biggest fuck you he could ever give. He was born in Cali, played for Cal, and was drafted by uh, the California team out there in L.A., and they threw him across the country to arguably the worst franchise <laughs> in the NFL without Not an no afterthought, more. without a phone call, without anything. And they and they swapped him out for Stafford. And now look at him today. Uh, Jared Goff has led the Lions to an NFC North championship and a home playoff game versus the Rams. He's got to want this more than anyone out there. He has to. And I don't want to go full, like, Minnesota Timberwolves if we win this game when they, do. like, were throwing do. their jerseys into the stands <laughs> yeah, right. after the play-in win. I'm not going to be above that. <laughs> I'm just letting you know, Chandler, I'm not going to be above that. I, I don't want that, but I have two thoughts about it. One is this is, do you know the camaraderie and the momentum it's going to build if you rally behind them and you win it? What that's going to do for another game? I think of, you know, when players get hurt and teams band together, it almost like catapults you for a three to four game run. Like that's why this game is so much bigger than just a wild card game. You have so much outside and that momentum and that feeling and that camaraderie. I'm like getting chills thinking about it, like giving him the game ball in the locker room after the game. Like what that scene is like, like that is something that, it doesn't leave you Sunday night or Monday morning. That's something that takes you through the month of January and into a deeper playoff run. So, yes, you have to take it one game at a time this time of year, but this game is so much bigger outside the lines and so much bigger inside the lines for a springboard that this team could go off of if they they win this game. Yeah, I mean, you got to feel really confident, right? Yes. You know, because if, like you just said, but in a nutshell, if golf can – do this, uh, he's got to be thinking, what can I do? Correct. Right? Um, so I kind of wanted to do this a little bit, you know, why we feel good, why we don't feel good. Yep. Um, and and so, like, let's start with the bad, right? So I'll, I'll start here. Like, why I'm a little nervous, uh, you know, in general, outside of just the whole game, blah, 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 all that. So just like brass tacks, I think you'd all agree with this one, just the Rams wideouts versus the Lions secondary. That's obviously the biggest seems like mismatch in the game. Yep. Uh, Rams, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, very good. Stafford, gunslinger. Secondary seems to get torched by number one guys, and the Rams kind of have two of those guys. Yep. Yep. It's weird to say Nakua's the pro bowler, not Cup. Yeah. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. Cup's been the perennial pro bowler, now it's Nakua. So I agree with you on that. Wide receiver to DB matchup. Reason why I'm nervous, we talked about the raucous crowd, we talked about the environment. Where has Matt Stafford played at more than any other stadium? He's been at Ford Field. Now, maybe not in this environment, but coming back here has to be kind of a settling feeling where, hey, I kind of feel at home Mm -hmm. because this was my home for a decade. So whereas another quarterback comes into Ford Field where it's going to be the loudest stadium of the weekend, Matt Stafford, yeah, it's going to affect him, but at the end of the day, he knows the locker rooms. He knows the people. He probably knows the damn security guards that still work here. Mm -hmm. So that's one reason I'm nervous is if it were some random quarterback, unfamiliar setting, crazy setting, Stafford's played here for hundreds or around 100 games. Yeah, let me just continue on that note. Uh, With that, not only is he comfortable here, Stafford in this game is playing with house money. 
he did the thing he was supposed to do. They were supposed to be dog shit. Like everyone who thought the Rams were going to finish at the bottom of their division. And yeah. And he's won his Super Bowl. He went to the Rams. He won his Super Bowl. He could have retired after that game. People thought he might, he could have been done. He's done his thing. This game doesn't mean nothing to him. Of course, he's a competitor. Matthew always has been like, he's got that fire. He'll always want to win. But if he loses this game, LA is still going to love him. Detroit's probably going to love him even more, especially if he throws <laughs> a couple picks and helps us out, Matthew, if you're listening. Um, but he's got nothing to lose. And sometimes I get worried about teams with nothing to lose. They play looser, they play freer, and a lot of times they play uh, better when that's the case. Yeah, and, and one of the things to me that I saw at the beginning of the season, they had the Rams offensive line ranked in like the bottom five of the entire NFL. They ended up finishing out like almost in the top 10 and the Lions are 23rd in sacks. So like if we're not bringing the pressure and Stafford sitting back there slinging the pill, that's trouble for us, right? And the other glaring thing that I noticed was LA Rams fourth in the NFL in red zone efficiency, Lions 29th on defense in red zone efficiency, and that's where you win or lose ball games. Yeah. We, we, we've seen it. Field goals versus touchdowns, field goals versus touchdowns. That is what decides games. My last point for why I sh- am nervous is the, the, the I guess the, the core of the Rams, McVay, Cup, Donald, Stafford, has been there and done it together. They've been in playoff games. They've been in bigger playoff games than this. Um, And they've been there and they've won. Um, We have players and individuals, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Jared Goff, um, who have been here and played in playoff games. But we don't have a coach that's played in a playoff game yet. And guess what? He's a gambler. We don't know what he's going to do in these situations. And we know how he acts. He's just... He's just going to go on impulse. He's going to go on field, and that's why we love Dan Campbell. But do things change in the playoffs? You've never been there. We've never done that. Um, a majority of our team has not played in a playoff game. So that's my last reason for why I'm a little nervous about it is the experience factor and the core of the Rams have been together and have done it in recent past. Yep. We need controlled fury more than ever. Yeah. More than ever. The um yeah, and just the last point there about McVeigh. McVeigh coached golf for three years, three, four years. I think it was three. Uh went to a Super Bowl with him. He knows what he's good at, he knows what he's bad at. He's gonna know how to scheme against him. That scares me a little bit. You know, how to he's gonna know exactly what they need, whether they'll be effective at doing it, I don't know, but he'll know what they need to do to get golf off balance. I'll put a bow on it, slip in one more. I'm nervous because we don't have our second best receiver, Sam Laporta. I know he's technically still questionable. It doesn't look um, good. But it does not look good like he's going to play. He's been our, our second most dependable target behind ARSB. That's a huge loss. And not to mention, not only is he a big loss in the passing game, he's a big loss in the running game, which really drives and sets up our offense. I don't know why this is based off nothing at all. I think he'll be out there in full force. I think it's one of those things they're going to give him a shot of whatever the fuck they do. Medicine, adrenaline, and he'll be out there. Apparently, he did the walkthrough today. 
and they and they said they're feeling optimistic about him even more so than yesterday. I just think it's gonna be one of those things. I think there's he's just gonna fucking do it. I think it's the attitude of this team. I like that. Yeah, that's what I'm. I, he seems like an absolute fucking dog. Jug. Yes. Yeah. Jug. 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 Jug of the week. <laughs> <laughs> talk about the jug of the week here. Right, let's Laporta. talk about why we feel good. Yeah. Let's talk about why we feel good. Love that. Lou, why don't you lead her off? All right. So couple things that I had as far as like why we feel good. We have the best fucking O-line. I don't care if the Eagles are ranked number one by PFF, by pro football, any of that bullshit. We have the best fucking O-line in the NFL. I'll go to fucking battle with Ragnow, with Panay. Those guys are absolute fucking dogs in the trenches. We have the fifth best running or yards, rushing yards in the NFL and the two the best two-headed back in the fucking NFL. Mm -hmm. Run the ball down their fucking throat. I don't care if they have Aaron Donald. Double-team the motherfucker and make somebody else make a play. That is the thing you have to do. Control the clock. Keep Stafford off the field. Lean on your strengths. Lean on these big dogs. Just go to fucking work. Yes. I have the O-line as well, just quickly. Like, golf is fantastic when he's protected. When he's under pressure, it gets sometimes a little dicey, but when he has time, he's great. And the Rams don't create a lot of pass rush. Mm -hmm. Like, they have Aaron Donald. Yes, they do. He's always a threat, but they're not great at sacking the quarterback. No. And if mm -hmm. Goff has time, he's pretty good at dicing, up, dicing you up. One reason why I love it, my first reason, not only are we at home, we're in a dome. We play much better when we're in a dome. Warm fingies. Um, we've got the home field advantage, but you've seen it throughout the year. We've gotten whacked a couple times when we were outside. I think of the Ravens game Ravens. as one of the big ones. Um, I think of the Bears game yep. where we, we didn't play well because it was cold. Even though we lost the Cowboys game, we played a good game. Yeah. That was in a dome. Yeah. So that's my first reason perfect ideal controlled conditions for this game that's reason number one why i'm confident we're going to win this one so my top reason i had was uh, actually our run defense our run defense uh according to you know whatever stat you look at we're right around top five second in the league if you yep. want to you know boil it down you know we're giving up 88 yards a game during the success the rams have had in their seven of eight win streak here they're rushing for like 130 yards mm -hmm. if we can shut down that run game and make Matthew Stafford sling the ball, but predictably, downs where we know he's going to throw, it's going to bode well for us. Yep. Uh, if they get that running game established and they start doing play action, we are all going to be clenching our butts every time they do a play action play. If we can stop that run game, we're going to be in great position to know when Stafford's throwing and defend against it. Yep, yep. And on the flip side, so earlier I mentioned Rams, number four in the NFL in red zone efficiency, Guess who's number three? That's us. The fucking Detroit Lions. We score touchdowns. We're not the old Lions. Jason Hansen lining up for 100 field goals. Matt Prater lining we up for... We don't for kick a, field goals. Right. We can't. Yeah. We have a new kicker every fucking week. We're scoring motherfucking touchdowns, boys. We score when we're close to the end zone. Have to punch it in for six every fucking time. Those are the difference. That's why we're a 12-win team this year and not a fucking eight-win team. Next reason why I'm confident we're going to win this game... We have our defense at the healthiest it's been since week two. It's almost crowded. C.J. Gardner-Johnson yeah. back. Uh, Branch has been dealing with injuries all year. He has been steady now. Aleem McNeil, big game last week and has been back. Hutch, you can see the effect of having these other guys around. He's been on a tear the last three weeks. Tear. And, He's been on a fucking tear. And 
know who else could be on a tear? The guy opposite of him, James Houston, who is expected to be back. And you know what? A guy that I really like, he's getting more snaps. I'm not going to say he's been crazy good or whatnot, but he's been consistent. Josh Paschal. Mm -hmm. He has been good. He has been in there. He has been collapsing the pocket. And if you have him on the inside with McNeil, with Houston and Hutch on the outside, I'm confident we can get pressure with four or five people, whereas most of the year we had to send six people in order to get it. So you, you have a better pass rush. You have a healthy, like you mentioned, crowded secondary. We're the healthiest we've been since week two. This is the best personnel-wise our defense has looked at or been at since the start of the season. Pascal had a sack last week. Yep. Uh, and we got to talk about Jack Campbell has been I was coming gonna, on, too. That's yeah. how I was just going to say had another Anzalone, sack. dude. Our yeah. linebackers have been playing good ball. Yeah, so there's a lot to be excited about. Um, I think it would be a dream if uh, – if Eve Melifonwu could pick off Stafford, oh, that yeah. would just be pretty great because they were obviously he was the Justice. first pick. He was the first pick of the trade. Um, just some just some housekeeping matters. We kind of touched on a lot of the injuries, but I just want to say it. Like I said, Laporta he did the walkthrough. Um, I am going on blind faith and grit that he's going to be playing in full strength. That's based off of nothing outside of my own <laughs> brain. Um, but but they but Campbell did say he is optimistic that he's going to play. He said Raymond is in the same boat, but not as close as Laporta, which kind of surprised me. I thought Laporta was more banged up than Khalif Raymond. Don't overlook that uh, Raymond being out. I mean, he's been great this year and steady, Eddie. And steady. You know, once you change those special teams, guys, it gets a little spooky. I will say to that point, though, we made a trade for Donovan Peoples Jones for a reason. Yes. And in the limited time he's played, he's been dependable. He's he doesn't. He doesn't get many snaps. He, he doesn't see the field too much, but he runs slants, he gets open, he gets 8 to 10 to 12 yards, and he gets down. And Donovan Peoples-Jones has had a couple good seasons before he came to Detroit here. So I kind of like that replacement, although I'd rather see Raymond healthy. Because he, he burns. Yes. Uh, and, I mean, DPJ has actually kind of turned into what we wanted Marv to be yep. a yep. little bit. And I would love to see him get in the end zone like cast tech boy, Went to Michigan, whatever. Whoa. Back in Detroit, like, serve it up to him. Yeah. Uh, J-Mo is playing for sure. He was practicing today, so he'll be in the game. Uh, I, and I have Brock Wright as questionable. I don't, I don't know his status. I did not dig into that one. Yeah. I think touching on J-Mo, he's been hot the last month. Uh, we saw them uncork him a couple times yeah. these, this past month. Um, I don't think the Rams – Pass defense is anything special. I expect a huge play from Jamison Williams with the injuries that we have on offense. That's my prediction. J-Mo will have a 50-plus yard reception this week. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, if we're going prop predictions, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is getting a mortgage payment from me. His hair is blue. That's His hair is blue. That's absolute free and, lunch. And he got snubbed from the Pro Bowl. Yeah. So. And he's Amon Ross St. Brown. I think those are all three pretty good reasons that Amon Ross is going to find the end zone. Yeah. I mean, while you're at it, you might as well toss Gibbs in there because that's free. Yeah. <laughs> all right, boys, let's get some score predictions here. So the line of the game when I checked it before we uh, came up here to record was uh, Detroit minus three. Yep. I've seen it as high as three and a half, but where I checked it today was minus three. Um, I don't have the Lions covering in this game uh doesn't matter but my final score prediction is lions 26 rams 24 i think it is going to be a sweat box of a game my prediction for this game 
and uh, Lou kind of gave us an insight as to where the action is going into today. The line looks fishy. Everyone's taking the Rams. You know what that means. Take the Lions. This place is going to be electric. This team is ready. This is not your same old Lions. This is the brand new Lions. Jared Goff, everyone is going to be playing for him. I expect a very high-scoring game where the Lions are always ahead, but the Rams are going to come and kind of counter us throughout the game. I'm giving it Detroit 34, St. St. Louis. Wow. Holy <laughs> easy, Dad. Los Angeles 27. 34-27. 34-27. Lou. I think it's going to be higher scoring as well. Do you guys know what the over-under is? at 52. Like 50, 52. 51, okay. Somewhere around there. Um. I'm with you, Channy. I think we're going to come out slinging the rock. I I really want to win the toss and defer and play defense first, go out there, make a stop, march down the motherfucking field in about four plays and score and just light the fucking building on fire. I got the Lions 31, Rams 24. It always feels nice that if you know if it's going to be a track meet that your team can run. And, that's, and that could very well happen. And, yep. and know what else is nice is knowing that we have one of the most creative play callers and I, I, you just know something's going to happen. Yes. We've always say, hey, Campbell might do a fake punt or go for it. Like Ben Johnson always has a play that we kind of look at each other and we're like, yes. where the fuck did that come? Like we've never seen that before. Yes. yes. And, and, he, and I feel like what Ben, uh, what he's so good at is calling those plays at the at an opportune time. Yep. Like there's so many gimmicky plays that I feel like get run at just like random times of a game, but he seems to pull those things out in a clutch time when we need them most. So speaking of that too, did you guys, so Laporta scored on like the four or five yard line on that out route. I don't know if you saw that, but I was watching a breakdown on Twitter. He literally faked falling over and tripping yes. and they left him alone and he got up and ran a like three yard out and was uncovered. He faked tripping over. So they thought he wasn't going to be open or nobody covered him. He like bear crawled for the first yard of the route. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I bring that and, point up just to kind of say to my point of we're going to control the game. I think he's going to uncork one early. I think to keep the crowd in the game, to really blow the... Everyone's going to be going crazy, and then if you add that gas to the fire in the first seven or eight minutes, a reverse pass yep. or a Panay Sewell out of the backfield or, or or off the line or something like that, or for fuck's sake, that, that fucking direct snap to Montgomery on through fourth legs, and one yeah. through the legs. Something's going to happen in the first seven or eight minutes. Campbell's nuts. Ben Johnson's nuts. Yeah. This team's nuts and is playing with house money. They're going to do something crazy in the first seven or eight minutes, and I believe that's just going to set it off and carry them through to the victory. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're the Rams, you can't feel safe on any fourth nope. down uh, Never. under under seven yards like to start the <laughs> Anywhere the on the field, yes. on our 20, on the 50, it don't matter. Boys, I don't remember the last time I was this jacked up for any game. Any game. I've never been this excited for a Lions game. I'm literally not even close. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to think of like it has it has to be like MSU Rose Bowl. The the, like and I'm I feel like I'm like almost way more jacked up for this one. Yeah. Uh, It's just I've been thinking about it all week. I can't stop reading stuff, looking at storylines. I want it to be on now. I I know. I know. Talking about it. So do I. (laughs) And we have to like watch like four games before. We got to watch Peacock, boys. We got to watch Peacock (laughs) before. We're going to be extra jacked up. We're getting, we're going on the streets for what could be the last tailgate of the year. Like 
we're gonna get so fired up talking to different groups of we're people. Starting like four. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> are we even gonna watch the four o'clock? Like, we're gonna be bouncing around talking. I didn't about, even think about that. You know, really, like I didn't even no. care. I don't yeah. give a fuck. Honestly, what is the game? Uh, the four you know o'clock game is, is game? if it's the Steelers. Yes, I, I think really it is don't the Steelers care. game. I really do. it is. It's or no, Steel- it's the Cowboys, isn't it? Yeah, Green Bay, Green uh, Bay, and Dallas is at four thirty. That's Pittsburgh okay. Buffalo's at one. Whatever. Oh my God. I mean, we got. We'll be on the streets. We'll be on the streets, Eastern Market till around the stadium. So if you guys want to come say hey, think about what you want to say on camera, or don't think about it. That's usually better for. We content. like the hip fires. Yeah, we love hip fires. That's pretty much our whole. That's kind of our. That's brand. our shtick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so go Lions. It's going to be a bloodbath in there. If you got any content in the stadium, please send it our way. Um, we're going to be bunkered down at. HQ capturing it all and just sweating her out. Oh right. yeah. Should we buzz through these other matchups? Yeah. It's like, I, I could keep talking about I, I, all day. Yeah. All right. Let's look at the other matchups. So six total games across three days, arguably, arguably the best yep. weekend of yes, football of it the is. year this weekend. So let's just go in chronological order. First game kicking off wildcard weekend Browns at Texans. Browns just destroyed the Texans, laying two and a half. Biggest difference, Texans have C.J. Stroud this week. Didn't have him last time. Um, We're going picks, right? We're doing the round table picks? Okay, so uh, looking at Browns and Houston, I think this is one where C.J. Stroud is awesome. He actually might be him. Uh, We don't know at 100% yet. If he wins this game, he is him. I think the Houston Texans are honestly just way too sexy of a pick for it to be true. They're at home. They're hot. Flacco is on the road. They're favored. It looks weird, and it makes no sense to me. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go steady Eddie. I'm taking the Browns. All they have done is win uh, when no one thought they could. Stefanski's probably going to win coach of the year. All due respect to Houston um, and DeMarco. I think they're awesome. This is one of those where it's it's like you feel bad whoever loses this game. Uh, you're kind of I'm kind of rooting for both of them. Yeah. But if I'm betting with my head here, I'm taking the Browns minus two and a half in Houston. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you guys, this is maybe my favorite matchup this weekend outside of us, obviously. But wow, um, I love this game. The Browns have one of the best defenses in the NFL. C.J. Stroud, we said it, firing on all cylinders. Could be Explosive him. offense. Um, it's going to be an absolute defensive against offensive beatdown. Uh, Ryan's coaching against Stefanski. Both of those guys were two top dogs in coach of the year. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I think with Stroud at home, juices flowing high, I got the Texans Plus two and a half in this one, boys. I'm going to go Lee Corso on you, Lou. Good pick, good pick, good pick. So Browns go in there regardless if they had Stroud or not. A couple weeks back, win by two touchdowns. All I've heard this week is how the Texans shouldn't have beaten the Colts and they shouldn't be in this game. Guess what the Texans did do, though? They already played a playoff game because the winner of that game was in the playoffs. What were the Browns doing? They were sitting everybody, trying to get healthy, collecting rust. I think everyone thinks that the Browns are going to win this game and that it's just not the Texans time yet. Not so fast. Give me the Texans at home plus two and a half. 
Uh, but I got to ask you guys. So we're doing the betting thing, but people also want to know who's going to win the game. So do you Texans? Do you have the Texans winning? I got okay. them winning out. You got right. them winning. Yep. Okay. So yep. are you tracking all these? Yeah. Okay. Let's just do winning moving forward. How about that? I got them both. Okay. I'm going to do them both because mine's a little interesting. Like I don't know. I got some. I got okay. some shit I want to. Let's do that next game chronological order. Now we're getting into the games that are affected by Mother Nature. <laughs> Half the games this weekend seem to be in some of the shittiest playoff weather that I can remember. Yeah. Let's go to zero degree, minus nine wind chill, Arrowhead Stadium, Saturday night. Tyreek Hill returns to play his former team. Chiefs playing the Miami Dolphins. Last time I checked, Chiefs minus four. I have them four and a half. Okay, okay. four and a I half. Four. Chiefs minus yep. four and a half. We'll First one Are you one looking this- at four live? Uh, it actually this says three and a half, but the other one said four. So okay. let's do let's do four. Let's, let's call do it four. four. Let's call it four. Lou, okay. you're gonna get the first crack at this one. Chiefs minus four at home against the Dolphins, who just can't seem to win in the cold. Cold yeah. fingy season. What's everybody thinking? Miami, chili. Miami don't like chili. Those unis don't look good in cold weather. Miami no like chili. Fuck that. Fuck Patrick Mahomes. Fuck Travis Kelsey. Those guys are fucking done. Average as fuck this year. Way over emphasized. They got Pro Bowl picks for Kelsey. Like, get the fuck out of here. All pro picks for him. No chance. Defense, shysty to say the least. I'm taking the fucking Miami Dolphins, boys. Give me the Dolphins to win outright and give me the points. Fins up. Impressive, Pizzo. Um I love it. I love the the gusto because no one in the world is believing in the Dolphins in this game. The defense is all banged up. They are coming off a terribly emotional collapse to the Bills. Um, and again, of all the jerseys in the league, those Miami jerseys, when they're in cold weather, it just don't look right. <laughs> it don't look right at all. Those sunshiny, teal-ass orange jerseys, it don't look right. But I will say this, betting-wise, everyone is so horny about the Chiefs. Something's got to be wrong there. Something's broken within who they are. So I'm going to kind of thread the needle here. I'm going to say the Dolphins cover that plus four, but I do think ultimately Mahomes pulls one out of his ass and they do win that game by three points. So KC money line, Dolphins plus four. I like it. I like that pick a lot. There's no way in hell the Dolphins are winning the game. I'll tell you that much right now. Uh, I don't <laughs> think the team trusts McDaniels as much or McDaniel as much as they did um, earlier in the year. They lost their top two defensive ends, Jalen Phillips earlier in the season, Bradley Chubb in the Ravens game. They've gotten beat by two good teams two weeks in a row. I don't think their confidence is there yet. And did you see Tyreek leave the sideline before the end of the game? Mm-hmm. I think you're sensing a little bit of frustration from the Miami Dolphins. I don't trust them. Chiefs have been there. Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey at home. Cold weather. Um, Frank, I like your prediction. Kansas City by three. Give me the Chiefs. Chiefs to win, Dolphins to cover. All right, let's move to the most lopsided game on the board. Uh, the happy to be there, Pittsburgh Steelers. The the oh my god, how did you make the playoffs, Pittsburgh Steelers? The Mike Tomlin is kind of the goat, Pittsburgh Steelers. I can't believe they're here. Mason Rudolph is Insane. still in the NFL. Uh, and not only still in the NFL, like on a win streak and steadily guiding this ship, they're running into the buzzsaw, which is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Buffalo Bills, arguably one of the hottest teams in the NFL. They're hosting a playoff game versus Pittsburgh. 
two classic cold weather, gritty, historic teams, respected franchises, great fan bases. Uh, Buffalo is going to win this game, but the line is plus 10. It's a playoff game. It's Pittsburgh. It's Tomlin. I don't care if it's garbage time at the end. They're not covering 10 points. I got Pittsburgh plus 10, Buffalo money line. All right. All right. I love it. Um, God, me and Frank are on the same wavelength right now. <laughs> 25 mile per hour wins in up to 50 mile per hour gusts. Remember that Monday night game where the Bills played the Patriots mm-hmm. and it was like blitz? They were, yes. kick, they were punting the ball. <laughs> All from one end zone to the other yeah. when you had the wind at your back. That's how it's going to be this week as well. The, the Steelers have found a run game. They've actually run the ball pretty well. What are they going to do? They're going to deflate the ball. They're going to shorten the game, and they're going to try to hang on for dear life. Mm-hmm. That's Pittsburgh's plan going into it. I think everyone thinks the Bills, the hottest team, they're going to just roll over Pittsburgh. I don't think so. Bills win the game. Steelers cover plus 10. And rumors are starting to swirl that Tomlin's going to consider being the coach moving forward after the season, so I think the team's going to show out and play for him. He's going to consider what? Consider if he wants to continue oh, co- gotcha. coaching going oh, into the uh, – wow. After the season. And I'll just throw this little note out there, too. Josh Allen is kind of a nut job in big games. He tries to win the entire game on a single play, almost every play. So he gets chaotic in big games. And I don't think you're going to be able to throw the ball. 50-mile-per-hour gusts? It's nuts. That's but, but, he, but he will. Like, that's why, like <laughs> Allen will try to throw the ball. He'll right. just try to cut through it. I mean, that's why we love Allen, but that's why I think it's also, you know, it hurts him. That's fair. Little. Yeah. Uh, bah! Bah! <laughs> I'm a sheep, boys. <laughs> I am an absolute sheep this like, game. TJ Watt not playing. Shitty quarterback. Buffalo's defense, I think, is going to do enough to have them cover this game. I obviously like the Bills to win. I think they do cover. Give me the Bills to win by 14 this one. I don't think the Steelers score a touchdown this game. Baba Black Sheep. That's it, buddy. All right, while we'll be running around at tailgate interviewing all the great people of Detroit and Metro Detroit, the Green Bay Packers will be heading down to Jerry World in a traditional NFL playoff matchup again uh, with Green Bay. I have them at plus seven and a half. Yep, that's what I see. At Dallas. Um, I think a lot of people expect Dallas to blow this game out. I think this is going to be Jordan Love's biggest stage, and he's going to show up. Uh, That hook has me a little... Weary. Seven and a half is a lot. That's a big number for a playoff game. Jordan Love is a wild card. We don't know how he's going to show up in this giant game. Give me Dallas to win the game and Green Bay to cover seven and a half. So I'm not even going. Don't don't take any of my advice here. This is all off pure emotion. I want the Cowboys round two. I want to go back into Dallas. I want to right the wrongs from what happened just a couple weeks back. Uh, I want the Cowboys. I want them round two, and I want to beat them after we beat the Rams in order to get to the NFC Championship game. So no logic with this one. I hope the Cowboys beat the fuck out of them. I hope they think they're the hottest shit since the, the 72 Dolphins after they win this game. Cowboys to cover, Cowboys obviously to win, and then we're going to beat the living shit out of them in the divisional round. God, it should be at Ford Field. should. It should. But it ain't. It ain't. It ain't. (laughs) So, real quick, if Green Bay does win this game, do we host Green Bay, or does it depend on the Bucs-Eagles game? We No. Green Bay goes to San Francisco no matter what. We get the winner of the Bucs-Eagles at that point. Okay. 
Regardless, I'm with you 100%, Channy. Green Bay ain't beating the refs. They ain't beating Jerry Jones in Jerry's world. Dak's going to probably go off this game. I mean, it's hard to pick the Packers this one. I'm going with Dallas. I think they cover. I think they win this game by 10. Give me the Cowboys, and we'll see you in fucking Arlington in a week. And I don't want to say it's fake or scripted or anything like that, but isn't the league office just salivating? Because if the Lions and Cowboys win, that's the matchup no matter what in the same setting, only uh, four sh- or three short weeks later. Yeah, and that's for sure, right? Okay, yeah. So yes. Yeah, because we would be the high seed. Green Bay would be the low seed. They'd go to San Fran. Yeah, and then we get... 2-3. Yeah. If we get 2-3, we automatically play each yep. other, which yep. is Dallas-Detroit. So that's... I just think they want to see that run back with all the controversy. Um, so I'm hoping they win, too. Yeah. I really want the Cowboys to win. Um, and then we go into the final game of the week. Eagles-Bucks. Didn't they play last year? Maybe two years ago? Maybe both years they I played? I, I, I know two years ago they played. Um, but Eagles... Minus three, going to Tampa Bay. Eagles have been sputtering. Baker Mayfield, half unit. Bucks win the <laughs> NFC South. Lou, who you got? There hasn't been a team sputtering worse than the Eagles uh, these last four weeks, boys. Does Baker have it in him to steal one from Philadelphia? Mm-hmm. You bet your fucking ass he does. I'm going with Baker and the boys here. Getting three. Is it three? Three yeah, and a half? Three. Getting three. At home, Mike Evans touchdown, Godwin touchdown, Baker goes fucking nuts for three touchdowns through the air. Wow. Eagles in trouble. Give me the Buccaneers to win, and obviously I'll take the three too. Um, yeah, I think this game is what I think this is all teed up to make people like you think that. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not good. People seem to be overlooking that in a meaningful game last week, they put up nine points against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, the Eagles have been sputtering, but all that goes out the window. I still think they're a championship caliber team, regardless of what everyone says, regardless that they think they're dead. I think this is going to be the biggest blowout of the fucking weekend. I think the Eagles go into Tampa, beat the doors off Tampa Bay, and they're going to be a force to be reckon with in the playoffs I just think they're going to come alive and I don't think the Bucks. I think the Bucks are happy to be there and happy to have the division I got Eagles minus three and I think it's going to be a lot more than that so it's all coming back to me now Dallas went into Tampa Bay last year on Monday night just beat the shit out of the Bucks. I agree with you Frank it's going to happen again I think everyone's thinking yeah. the Eagles are done their coordinators aren't good they've been sputtering the Eagles are more talented they have the better quarterback they have the better coach um, and I think it's just going to be an absolute beatdown because the Eagles want to exact revenge on San Francisco um, or at least beat them again um, from last year. So with that, I got the Eagles. I got the Eagles by double digits on yeah, Monday night. And I just feel like the narrative is just like, you know, everyone's happy for Baker. Tampa's like a much more likable team. Uh, everyone kind of hates the Eagles. Like Sirianni's like a prick. Hurts is emotionless. The fans are the worst people in the world. Like, I just think there's this whole narrative being built around uh, this spread. And to me, that minus three is so damn juicy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Eagles minus three. There's your playoffs.
Let's go. There's your playoff. playoff football, baby. There it is, man. I can't fucking wait. This is like round one of the NCAA uh, tournament, but for NFL football. That's right. Love <laughs> quarterbacks eating dirt, <laughs> pom-poms and short skirts. <laughs> Absolutely love it. So I uh, wanted to do a couple housekeeping things. Uh, the coaching carousel has begun. Uh, I think you have the list written out, don't you? Or one uh, of you I have a few of them. Thing? Yeah, I have them on here. Yeah, why don't you get them rolling? So we have... Art Smith out in Atlanta, Riverboat Ron out in Washington, Pete, my boy, Pete Carroll. I was shocked to hear that, that was today. hours before recording. Yeah. Staying on as an, in an advisory role. Okay. Is oh. that what they said? Yeah. Okay. That's what I heard. Out in Seattle, Vrabel out in Tennessee. Worst firing. And then these ones we've known already, Staley out for the Chargers and Frank Reach out in Carolina. Yep. 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 Pete Carroll, 72 years old, always blows my mind. I mean, I know. it's impressive to be coaching an NFL team. and him He doesn't around. look that old. No, and he's always like jogging around and chewing yeah. gum and throwing the ball. Bro, he chomps gum like he... <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I see the, the fucking horse. The pink strings from the big league two <laughs> yes. falling out of his yes. mouth. Um, I think the most surprising one uh, is Vrabel being out of Tennessee. Uh, I think everything went to shit when they traded away A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. They traded away A.J. Brown for two picks, didn't replace him with anybody good, paid Tannehill a ton of money. Um, Henry started to decline, and they decided to make Vrabel a scapegoat. Uh, look for him to get picked up like within the weekend, yeah. I, I would almost think. Um, so that that's kind of like my biggest surprise firing. Pete Carroll's a little bit surprising, but he's also just I mean he's just 72. He's it's old. just kind of yeah, yeah. look at it. I mean, I don't want to like say this like in a bad way, but like Lions fans, we got Ben Johnson for a max of four more games because mm-hmm. the openings that are now taking place in the NFL with the situations that he can go to, there ain't no way in hell he's passing up an opportunity He'll be getting this that year. 15 mil. I mean, I look at Seattle and I say you got Metcalf, Smith and Jigba, Kenneth Walker. Um, you had two first-round picks last year. I mean, what what else do you want? I mean, you just really need a quarterback that can play well there and you can plug and play into a playoff team. So um, I think that's the most appealing position. And I think low-key, another team that he's been linked to, I think the Commanders is a good a good opening. I read that he's 3-1 to one to go there. Okay. But so, but that, that was before. Uh, Seattle. Pete, yeah, today. Yeah. 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 So I, I like that commander's position. You got a new ownership group. Magic Johnson's part of it. Dan Snyder, that scumbag, is finally out as the commander's owner. So um, with that being said, I think there's a lot of intriguing openings. I, the most that I can remember, you got Justin Herbert, a, a franchise quarterback, as one of your openings. Atlanta was fighting for the division until the last week of the mm-hmm. year this yeah. year. It's not like they're a gutter team. Right. They just don't have a quarterback in Atlanta. Um, Washington fought for the first couple weeks. Eh, whatever. And Tennessee, Will Levis has looked good. Right. I mean, he's not a bad quarterback. New stadium going up. New stadium. I just think there's a lot of good openings. The only opening that I wouldn't touch is Carolina. I mean, and, that and is I, an absolute train wreck i totally agree i couldn't i couldn't agree more but i do want to say that i don't know if you guys saw like they're they interviewed one of the lions executives today uh i forgot his name but he's like a high-rising executive in the lions organization it's no one we've ever talked about or ever brought up but apparently he has a really strong relation with um ben johnson and curveball he's from carolina Right. I mean, he went to North Carolina, Ben Johnson. Right. And they tried to court him last year, and he turned down the interview. Remember that? Yes. So I don't think they'd get him, but there's definitely, like, you know, 
There's some things that they're trying to woo Ben Johnson to Carolina. Spoils of being a good team. Yeah, I hope he doesn't go there too for his because I want him to be great. Succeed. I want yeah. him to stay Spoils here. of a good team. Your coordinators get taken. Your players sign elsewhere for more money. This is what you have to deal with Detroit when you have a playoff team. Yep. Um, and then the other big coaching change, uh, which we found out minutes before recording, uh, Nick Saban is reportedly retiring from Alabama. He That's is. crazy. The Big greatest news. college football coach ever. He is. Um, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, they they basically have a handpick as to who they want to replace him. I mean, yeah. no one's no one's going to turn down the Alabama job. People are saying Dan Lanning, Oregon coach, is going to be a front runner for it. I told you guys my prediction. I've said it for years. Dabo Sweeney's going to succeed uh, Nick Saban. Clemson's going in the wrong direction. He's an alum. He's got way more resources. And if you're not part of the SEC or Big Ten, I feel like you're getting left behind in today's college football. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Dabo Sweeney. And the guy that's always lingering around, wouldn't it be something if Urban Meyer came back (laughs) in Tuscaloosa and, and coached this Alabama team? Yeah, that would be wild. I almost feel like they're bigger than that and, like, beyond him at this point, but who knows? I don't think they're bigger than nothing. Yeah, okay. I think they will play in the weeds and roll in the dirt. and yeah. They've been doing it. And they know, and they they know he'll play. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So Nick Saban's 72 years old. Do you think him and Pete Carroll just hopped on the horn and were like, <laughs> let's be done with this You guys want to hang out? Yeah. <laughs> down yeah. to golf? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that leads us into the worst part of the show. Uh, the Nick Saban retiring will only add to the uh, bragging rights and the story and just, I don't know what you want to call it, bravado of Michigan fans because they have won the national championship. They beat Washington by a score of, anyone know it, 37? 34-13. There you go, 34-13. Uh, they made... Heisman candidate Michael Penix looked like a JUCO quarterback. Probably his worst game in two years. It was terrible. Uh, The game sucked. Michigan suffocated them with good defense and the running game like they've done to a lot of players or a lot of teams. And uh, this is kind of uh, our hell as as Spartan fans. I'm not going to sugarcoat that one at all. Uh, You know, people say, why don't you root for them. Uh, I don't fucking hate them. I don't root for my rival. I don't care that they're from the same state. I don't care that they're from my conference. Uh, that's like asking me to root for the Green Bay Packers because they're in my division and they're in the Midwest. Uh, Michigan is no different to me than them. So I will reluctantly say uh, congratulations on your national championship. Um, I It's going to suck hearing about it for the rest of our lives, probably. It's going to suck. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, very good chance of that, and and I'm with you, Frank. Great win. Beat a JV football team in Washington. What can you do? <laughs> it was a down year in the NCAA. Congrats on the championship. Uh, I don't have anything else to say about it. Mike, you got me on camera right here. I'm going to look right here, all right? The most arrogant, insufferable, outspoken, obnoxious fan base finally – finally has something that they can hang their hat on. And I'm going to say this, they earned it. They were the best team this year. Um, they went through hell. They had the most talent. They were way better than Washington. They beat Alabama when they needed to drive in the last five minutes. Michigan earned it as much as it pains me to say it. But it doesn't change how I feel about the university, who are a bunch of elitists that I don't like. It doesn't change the way I feel about the, the fan base who, again, are obnoxious 
and arrogant and think they're better than they are. And no, I don't feel happy for my friends that are Michigan fans. If I see one more person tweet and or say that, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Michigan fans, right here, when we win a national title in basketball or football, I don't want you to feel good for me because I don't feel good for you right now. I don't hope you ever feel good about your team. And now we got to come together as Lions fans this Sunday. And guess what? If we lose as Lions fans, you still got a natty. That does nothing for me. This is one of the worst scenarios we could have. And at the same time, I will say this. They earned it. They were the best team. And, and that's a tough, tough pill to swallow as a diehard Michigan State fan. Yeah, it's very tough because it also felt like we had as fans, and I will say this, just baseline, I think it's it sucks and it's pathetic to have to, like, college football-wise, cling on the failure of another team for your, like, minor happiness. Because obviously today, this year was the worst. Our coach jerked it on the phone. He got fired. We stunk. Everyone left. It's a mess. So that was also just salt in the wound of how shitty this year was. So I think just baseline us having to root for a rival's downfall for our only happiness of the season is, is pathetic. Uh, But it is just the reality that we got caught in as Michigan state fans. And what hurts even more is there were four legitimate opportunities for this to fall apart. And that was Penn State, that was Ohio State, that was Alabama, and then it was Washington. And Michigan proved four times over uh, that they were the better team and that they deserved it. Uh, And that sucks to say, it sucks to watch, but you got your natty for the first time since 97. Now we'll see what the offseason holds, if if it's a circus or not. Just remember, boys, the night is darkest the hour before dawn. Amen. Brighter times coming ahead. Can't wait for dawn. John Smith, please. (laughs) (laughs) Save us, John Smith. All right. Well, that's done. I'm going to throw up. That was tough. That was fucking tough. You know what else are tough? Huh? Breakups. (laughs) Breakups are tough, and that's a great segue, Frank. So this week, I'm sure everyone (laughs) has heard biggest news in golf world, maybe in sports outside of the national championship, Tiger Woods. Nike ended their 27-year relationship. I mean, that's that's just fucking weird to say. Like, seeing him without the check mark on is going to be it, – it's been synonymous. Um, but ended his 27-year relationship. Didn't give too much as to where he's going to go, what he's going to do next. Um, do you know why he broke up? I'll be honest, I did not. I read the headlines. I actually watched a bunch of Tiger Nike commercials, but I'm realizing right now I never read anything about – why the split happened. I don't know decision it was, why or? the split happened. And I was shocked because I thought Tiger Woods' brand was kind of like a jump man where it was yes. like a subsector of Nike that would continue forever. So I don't know why it broke up. I mean, you know, all good bands break up after a while. Um, but uh, nonetheless, he's no longer going to be a part of Nike. So it got me thinking in the, the world of pop culture, in the world of sports, in the world of food, in the world of entertainment, some of the biggest breakups that we have seen. And no, I'm not talking about our past girlfriends or, you know, your friend from junior high that you don't talk to anymore. I'm talking about actual big breakups. So we researched it. Lou, what are you going to start off with as one of the biggest breakups that you can remember? I'm going to start 
off with the sports one. I got a few different, a couple pop cultures, a couple sports over well, let's, here. Let's all start with the sports one. Then. Okay. I mean, this is a this is a one that really hit home for us Detroit Pistons fans. Chauncey Billups leaving the Pistons, heading to the Denver Nuggets. That was a breakup that fucking tore me up. Yeah, that was uh, the worst. That was Dumars. That was the beginning of the demise of Dumars when he shipped out Chauncey for Ivo. Yep. That was a little bit of a band-aid because it was sick to see Iverson in a Pistons jersey, but then we quick quickly learned he don't he don't play Detroit basketball. No. Um, I totally agree. That one stung. Um, as far as sports go, obviously there's there's some um bigger ones that you know come to mind and like if i'm stealing heat i don't think i am because these are so obvious you know like oh. brady Belichick, kobe shack like i felt like those are just big but like one that i feel like is overlooked and was like early in our childhood the biggest breakup in hockey history wayne gretzky leaving the oilers to go to la and what was so nuts about that one it was like not just was he leaving the oilers he was going to los angeles which was like not what hockey. the fuck? Those candy yeah. asses don't know how to play hockey out there. This Canadian, our hero, the 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 great one, is going to go play hockey in L.A., um, and the Oilers organization is going to let this happen. There's a whole 30 for 30 on it. Um, really strange situation. Apparently, Gretzky says originally a trade was approved to the Red Wings, which is crazy to think about. Um, and then his dad talked, in, talked him into going to L.A. and expanding the game out there. Crazy situation, monster breakup in the NHL. Um, Oilers fans probably still sad about it to this day. Gretzky to the LA Kings. And I know you touched on it, so I'm just going to touch on it, but not going to depth. Kobe Shaq was yeah. on my list. Three-time champions, three-peats, and then the going-to-work Pistons put the nail in their coffin. Um, but I'm going to stick to the same sport and maybe the most infamous, most gut-wrenching most salt-in-the-wound, disrespectful breakup that you can do, LeBron James in the city of Cleveland. He went on national TV. He made it a spectacle. And what did he do? He stuck a knife right into the city of Cleveland, turned it sideways, bled him out, and laughed on the way out by getting a championship just two short years later. I mean, who the fuck announces uh, uh, their free agency destination in an hour special and then just slaps their hometown in the face. Hey, champagne gets big. Guess where our headquarters are going to be? Let's host a special. Yeah, we're fucking leaving and going to Miami. Like, what? <laughs> I'm it, taking my talents to South It's Beach. like, what the fuck those is going inf- those on? Those infamous words. Like, I remember watching that. I was in my apartment sophomore year. I believe it was our yeah. sophomore year yeah. of college. And just being like... With the boys being like, there is no way after 45 minutes of this kid from Akron shit, he's not staying in Cleveland. And he just does it. That is not only one of the biggest breakups, but the absolute most disrespectful public breakup that I can remember in sports. Bad one. Um, we'll snake it. We can come back this way, but go one more sport and then pop C. Well, I just won. I don't even have it written down, but you reminded me of a big one. Like Chauncey getting traded. That was out of Chauncey's hands. He had nothing to do with that. He got shipped off. It wasn't his fault. The one that really fucking stings for the Detroit Pistons. And you guys all know it was when Ben Wallace went to the Chicago bulls. That was fucked up. Ben, if you're listening, 
That sucked. I used to wake up every morning and read the free press. Uh, my dad would have it laid out for me, and I just remember that headline of him like going to, of all places, the fucking Chicago Bulls because I think they were going to pay him $12 million more over the length of the contract. He goes there. It doesn't go well. He comes back here, and it's like this weird – he doesn't have the fro and he's wearing number six and like that was just the most uncomfortable yep. like thing ever. Um, I hated that and Ben Wallace was my dude. So I'm going to say Ben going to the Bulls really sucked. I'll go a Detroit one, two for us and I don't want to, to harp too much on of it because, you know, positive vibes only here this week. But Barry Sanders retiring, breaking up with the Lions Ugh. in a letter Jesus to his Chandler. <laughs> newspaper. I mean, talk about breakup. He was a season away from being the all-time rusher, and he just leaves on the midnight train. That is a gut-wrenching breakup in the world of sports as well. Yeah, absolutely. The only other one I'd like to mention in the world of sports was this guy was an absolute icon on the Toronto Raptors. Everyone had his jersey. Vince Carter leaving the Raptors, going to the Nets, I believe, right? Went to the Nets. That was a that was just crazy not to see him in the purple throwing down. And and I feel like after that it was pretty much like he was he was packing it in and, and that was the end of the career for him. Yeah, and I got I got a few we could just rattle off. We don't need to get into them too much, but Pujols going to the Cardinals was pretty fucking crazy. He signed the that Angels? Mo- uh, leaving the Cardinals, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Leaving the Cardinals to go to the Angels, that was pretty wild. Um, Manny and the Red Sox, they had a pretty public, ugly breakup after winning that historic World right. Series. He's on the cover of MVP Baseball, and he was gone like a year or two later. Oh, uh, Ray Allen leaving the big three yeah. and going to play with fucking the heat. Chandler's boy LeBron in <laughs> Miami. And then he hits the dagger of the shot to like win. Yes. That was just fucking. My boy, didn't I say it was the most gutless, disrespectful <laughs> breakup that's ever been publicized? We're reading between the lines here, Chan. We heard you can't what you, fool me, buddy. We heard what you said. Uh, Peyton Manning getting just out outright cut by the Indianapolis Colts. Ursay, you idiot. That was ridiculous. How did you cut him? He goes and wins. He goes to the Super Bowl with the Broncos. Then his arm goes out and then he wins the Super Bowl. That one was insane. Uh, one before our time, Joe Montana leaving the 49ers after winning all those Super Bowls. Uh, I'm not Vince Young. Steve Young goes in. Uh, he's banged up from 91 to 92, I think. Uh, Montana, that is. Young's in there. Montana comes back in 93, thinks he's got a job. No siree. Young takes over. He goes to the Chiefs. Weird shit there. There's one happening live in action right now. Patrick Kane is now a Detroit Red Wing. That's more so people in odd jerseys, but he did try to go back to the Blackhawks, and they said he wasn't a part of the future. Now he's part of our future. Um, What's the other one? Oh, your boy, Favre. When oh, the Packers yeah. cut him for Rodgers, crazy breakup there, and then for him to go to Minnesota. And, oh. he, sh- and he blew a playoff game for them. They should have won that game, threw a pick at the end. First the, not think, versus the Jets? Or am I just mixing that up because he went and played for the Jets? He was, like, on the Jets for, like, 30 minutes. He sent that dick pick. Yeah, that's right. And then he went to Minnesota. He was even on the cover of Madden in a Jets jersey, and then they switched it over. You remember that? No. Yeah. Uh, I got I got a I got a big list here. Uh, Patrick Waugh. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, won two 
two Stanley Cups with the Montreal Canadiens. They, they thought he was going to be a Canadian for life. Canadians were continuing their dominance over the NHL. The Red Wings put up 11 goals on Patrick Waugh after about the seventh or eighth goal. Patrick wanted to be pulled. He should have been pulled. That's what you do when a goalie's getting shelled. Fucking he didn't get pulled. Waugh pulls himself out of the game, barks at the GM, says that, that was my last game as a Montreal Canadian. He gets shipped to the Colorado Avalanche. The Avalanche did all right over there. End up winning the Stanley Cup with him. Yeah. It's that's a crazy story. Like that that domino effect is fucking bonkers, but that was a crazy breakup as well. Yep. Yep. All right. So let's move outside of the world of sports. I only have like one or two here. Um, but uh my first big breakup in the outside of the world of sports. Let's go to the fast food world. McDonald's and the snack wrap. They're bringing it back, but boys, this was an icon Mm -hmm. when it was at McDonald's. No one wanted to see the snack wrap be discontinued. Everyone loved the snack wrap, yet McDonald's didn't want to continue it. Broke up with it over a decade ago, and now we're only starting to hear rumblings that the snack wrap is coming back in 2025. I have a question for you guys about this. Yes. The snack wrap. Okay. When the snack wrap was in full force, the prime years of the snack wrap, okay, there was yes. three options of snack wrap. There was a ranch snack wrap, there was a chipotle snack wrap, and there was a honey mustard snack wrap. Am I crazy? I, we, I feel like I was going to McDonald's, and they only offered the ranch, ranch one. They wrap. started yeah. to, to, to fade it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you guys remember that? Yes. And then they fully pulled the plug. Yeah. You know, don't worry. It's not going anywhere. We still got the ranch <laughs> one. I was a honey mustard guy personally, but um, I was just – I didn't know if I made that up in my head. Nope. But they phased it out. You did not. Yeah, and staying on the, the fast food one, the notable – the almighty Mexican pizza yeah. getting pulled from Taco Bell. And then they bring it back for like a month and then they took it off again. It's like, is it gone again? Yeah, it's gone. Or you got to like do like the bullshit, like, like order through the uh, app. Yes. It's like, what, what am I going <laughs> to order through the app at the fucking counter? <laughs> yes. Um, I was in the drive thru and I ordered, I don't remember the item. I don't think it was a Mexican pizza at Taco Bell. And the guy through the speaker said, you got to order it on the app. I was like, can I, I'm right here with money. Can I just, can I just do it? Please. Now. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as food goes, I don't have anything written down, but something that came to mind, uh, I don't know who made it, maybe Klondike, but the Choco Taco. Oh, I wow. believe. Love got, those. Got I think it was Klondike. Wow. Yeah. I only, yeah, I just thought of that one off the cuff of, of foods that are missing in our lives that um, I miss. Yeah. But I think Choco Taco is dead. Another big one, not food related, Terry Tate, office linebacker, broken up from Reebok. One of the. <laughs> I don't remember that so at big, all. I don't remember it yeah. at all. <laughs> you guys don't remember Ter- uh, Terry Tate, the office linebacker? I do, but I have yeah. no idea his relationship with Reebok. Yeah. Yeah, they broke it off. One of the greatest commercials ever made. I know, but... People are saying it. Was it me. a Reebok commercial? Yeah, it was for Reebok. Okay. I'm going to go into a different spectrum now. Okay. Um, I'm not really into the celebrity stuff, so I didn't really bring any of that up. Yeah. But this is kind of a, a bigger breakup. This is... This is like we almost broke up with this company as a society too quick. And know what I'm talking about? Tom and MySpace. Okay. Tom and MySpace was one of the first social medias. And then out of nowhere, Facebook comes around and we don't see and or hear from MySpace and or Tom for a long, long time. So 
I'm going to go with Tom and MySpace breaking up from the social media world so early on. Social media was just popping. You had AIM, you had MySpace, and then during the reign of MySpace, Facebook came along, and social media just blew up, and MySpace didn't ride any of that wave. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure he publicly, uh, like, just says, like, yeah, I sold it, and I did like I just lived. Yeah, yeah. He's, I think he like went to an island and yeah. just fucking mm-hmm. balled just, out. Just lived. God bless him, dude. I'm fucking. I mean, that's the American dream, right? I have an, I have an obscure one. Uh, do you guys remember the show Doug? Yes. Yeah, obviously, remember Doug was originally on Nickelodeon growing up. Yes. Broke up with Nickelodeon, went to Disney. Scumbag. You guys remember that? that was no. wild. And I was absolute not a, scum. <laughs> I agree with you on that one. I've got another obscure. These are just off the dome now. No, no, no. This one's not <laughs> off the dome. <laughs> I just had it and I just lost it, so someone else can fill. I thought it, it wasn't off the dome. It is. Okay. <laughs> if it's not off the dome, just read what you have written. Before Stephanie McMahon and Triple H, you know who that lucky woman was? I don't know. China. Oh yeah. China and Triple H were very important to the they WWF, were. not E community. Stephanie McMahon, RIP China, by the way. Stephanie McMahon slid in, sent a couple notes to Triple Nipple. And uh, took her man. Bad breakup. China wow. and Triple H. I remember my one. This is a big one. We heard back from him this year. None other than Steve and Blue's Clues. Oh. Mail time was never the same after Steve left. You always had some like college intern boner filling in. So I think with, his name was Joe. Yeah, maybe it was Joe, but he, Joe wasn't Steve. No. So the breakup between. Um, Steve and Blue's Clues is just one that is is unforgivable. Another one in the world of entertainment, Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone. I know people get older and they age, but whatever that bowl haircut penis licker was in Home Alone <laughs> 3, I'll tell you what, you ain't Macaulay, brother. So Macaulay Culkin in the Home Alone series was also a big breakup. I think it was the kid from Home Improvement. Well, it looks like what? him. No, I'm just making that up. I think you're producing Mike <laughs> shaking his head like, Absolutely me. not. Who? That one wasn't terrible, but he was no Macaulay. I think his name is Alex D. Leeds. How do you know that? <laughs> Who came after Macaulay Culkin? Penis liquor. <laughs> yeah, called like a kid a penis liquor. Um, oh, God. That was know. hilarious. Yeah, that was pretty good. Keenan and Kel, last episode, they like moved apart from each other. That kind of broke my heart as a kid. Wendell Middlebrooks. What? Remember him? Who? Wendell Middlebrooks. <laughs> nope. He was the delivery guy on uh, Miller High Life. The big oh, dude yeah. who always jugged in everything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Broke up. Him, him and Terry Tate, like that's where this question was so for obscure. you. You got to think about these guys. They're important parts of commercials. I yeah. guess. I guess you could say my other one I had for the world of sports is the NBA and NBC. Um, growing up, that was like NBA. That is NBA coverage. Now Fox uses that damn theme song. Get the NBA back on NBC. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, the I'll go obscure here. Detroit Red Wings and Al Sabadka. Ooh, uh, yeah, big Bell. one. Big Al, yeah. Pissing uh, Al. Big old, <laughs> big old pissing Al. Couldn't they, hold in his urine. They don't like when we talk about it, but some things need to be talked about. And Al Sabadka with the Red Wings, our whole childhood. People know him as spinning the octopus over his head. 
Um, I know him as like the meanest guy I've ever met at Joe Lewis Arena. Whenever we'd skate there, he was not nice to us. Um, so it didn't surprise me when he got fired for pissing in the Zamboni drain. Uh, you can't do that in the 20s. You know, it's 20-whatever when he was pissing too much. Um, Got to hold it in. Doesn't matter how well you swung the octopus. You can't be whipping dong out <laughs> and peeing at LCA. We're not in the Joe anymore, bud. We clean the floors here. So that was a tough breakup for a lot of Wings fans. It kind of just makes me laugh. Chandler, I'm surprised you didn't bring up the Latin power couple breakup. Who's that? Mark Anthony and Joe. You got it, buddy. I, I don't go <laughs> I to the world of entertainment. I thought it was gonna be a Daddy Yankee yeah. thing. <laughs> well, Chandler, the big Latin guy over here. I'm surprised I wasn't one on his list. I was whipping through these celebrity breakups. Yeah, I know. Like, I, was I like, just don't give this. a shit. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it no. just doesn't matter. That one matters. Okay, the Latin <laughs> power couple we're talking about here. I do want to put a bow on the Detroit sports references, unless you guys have any more. I'm out. It's okay. a very sensitive one oh, for whoa. me. Sorry, before, Go ahead. before you do your big sensitive one. Yeah. Actually, this is bad of all of us. Bad podcasting, Detroit podcasting. This is on me. Bad on things. us. Bad on us. The worst, the worst Detroit. I'm always looking at the wrong camera. Detroit Red Wings breakup uh, with Sergey Fedorov going to the mm. Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Mm. I'll never forget. Again, free press laid out for me. Breakfast cereal. My dad. It's fucking Sergey in the purple in the purple and teal jersey with a bunch of rubber ducks around him, like with this. Like it was heartbreaking. It was just like I forgot the headline, but him going to Cali was devastating for for me and my sister when we got that news. My my bow on it, and I'm just it's just because they're so fucking bad, and I wanted to bring up that scumbag Tom Gores <laughs> is the Pistons leaving. Pontiac slash Auburn Hills. The Pistons were at the Silverdome for a long time. The Palace was one of the best arenas in the NBA. What does he do? He moves them downtown. They haven't done shit since they moved downtown. Their fan base was in northern Oakland County and northern Macomb counties. And then they just demoed the Palace within like months Mm -hmm. of leaving there. That to me is one that really hurts is... We used to take the back roads, being from northern Macomb County. Easy I could ride. get to the palace in 20 to 25 minutes. Back road, boys. And now you've got a half-empty stadium with a shit-ass team and a fucking scumbag owner. Not even sitting courtside to watch it. Um, producer Mike, we need, like, an alarm. Like, every time Chandler says scumbag, we just need to, like, hit the horn. And, like, I want, like, a counter. Like, we need to get, like, a machine where we just hit it, and it's a scum. It's a Channy scumbag counter. I think we're at, like, six today. A lot of scum. All right. Anything else? That's it. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to steamroll through the Red Wings real quick just for our Wings fans out there. Huge fucking California trip. I said last week to Chandler, by the way, I wanted to call you a fucking scumbag. Ring the alarm on air because I'm sick of you fucking asking me if Eiserman's on the hot seat. I don't like that fucking question. He's never on the hot seat. And now the Wings have won three straight. We're cooking with So I need to ask it more. Shut up. I need to ask it more. Cooking with gas. Eiserman will never be on the hot seat. I had to sleep on that one. Uh, Big California trip. They win three straight. Looking shaky versus the Sharks. Big statement win over L.A. I thought they were going to get smoked in that game. Patrick Kane with a really sick shootout win to close that one out. And then a butt clencher versus the Ducks with a very controversial goal off Rasmussen's skate, which I thought was a kicking motion. but Not me. I thought that was a goal. There you go. They call it a goal now. Apparently they changed the kicking motion rules. Uh, Back in the day, that would have been no goal for sure. But who gives a shit? Wings sweep 
an LA or a California road trip for the first time since 2008. They are back on track. They're right back in the hunt of the division. Gotta keep it going. They have Edmonton Thursday. And then during the Lions game, they have a fucking monster game versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm gonna be honest, probably not gonna see much of that because I'll be going dumping Kool-Aid on my face. Um, that's it. Only four points back of the Leafs and are the current four seed in the Atlantic and in the hunt in the wild card. Got to stay strong. Alex Lyon has taken over the number one role as goaltender. Has Definitely. Started number three. But Lalonde said we will see Reimer again soon, which makes no one excited. I We got a, four tough games before next podcast. I can't wait to see if I rehash the question <laughs> next Wednesday. I'm going to fucking rehash you over the edge of this balcony. Need more of it. All right, let's go to over-under. Jerry sent him at 7 a.m. this morning. Jerry! Because Jerry is fucking dialed right is now. Is Jerry coming in for the first Lions playoff game in 30 years? I don't think so. When, what? When it gets loud and raucous, Jerry likes to kind of hide away. I mean, mm-hmm. he lives, you know, that's why he's like in a, in a that's corner. That's why he's in a corner of Ohio doing accounting, exactly. Um, so let's see. He sent this at like 7 a.m., all right, number one, uh, he says LGRW, no other updates. Can't wait till we get the Hornies updates again. I really like those. All right, number one on the list, we're going to start with Ice Cold Brulu, and we're going to snake it this time. Okay. The Golden Globes. Can't, can't imagine what you have to say here. Oh, dude, I fucking love those. So <laughs> sick. I was dialed in for the whole thing. No, <laughs> fuck that. Dumb. Get rid of them. Cancel it. Say it. Overrated. There you go. Okay. Uh, Golden Globes. Don't know anything. Didn't watch a thing. Couldn't tell you who does what when. I saw they had Choi host it, and there was like a Taylor Swift thing. I don't give a shit. Overrated. I I swear to God, if you (laughs) ask me a question to name one Golden Globe winner from this year, I'd shoot from the hip, and I don't think I could get it. Overrated. There it is. Uh, On to me. Number two, the Epstein list. I don't know how you (laughs) at all say this is over or underrated. How do you call the Epstein list? Either one of those things. Uh, uh, I'll I'll say it's... What, what the fuck am I supposed to say here? Jerry! <laughs> Jerry's got me pinned against Gonna the wall. Gonna get a dart in your neck once you say give an answer. Um, I'll say it's it's I'll say it's underrated uh, for the sheer entertainment value and probably how long this list has been held out for because we should know. Uh, it's underrated. But it's it's all the fake lists I've seen, which have like every human you could ever name are overrated. But I guess I'll say the real list is underrated because it's kind of entertaining and the memes, the memes are really good, especially the Stephen Hawking ones. I'll, yeah, I'll be that's honest. where I was going with that yeah. for sure. It's got. Sorry, it took me a minute to smooth that yeah. one out. I had to lead off. It's got to be underrated. It's like one of those folklores. Like, is it real <laughs> or is it not? You got like Bigfoot. You got like. <laughs> Uh, what, what's the one Loch in the Ness water? Monster. Loch Ness, Loch Ness Monster. Monster. Yeah. You got mermaids and you got the Epstein The Babadook. List. Yes. <laughs> You've never seen it, but you think it's there. Underrated. I am going to the island. <laughs> Underrated. <laughs> Stephen Hawking? No. Yeah, oh, got bad? It. My bad. I thought you were doing like an alien thing. We're falling apart late here. Mike got it, dude. No, Mike, my bad. I, I apologize. Yeah, man. The best tweet I did see was if you were, oh boy, if you got molested by Stephen Hawking, uh, that's on you. That was a funny tweet I saw. I know, right? Okay, late, late. This is, this is the frizz after dark. All right, now into election coverage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got the Lions by three. Thoughts on Palestine? All right, number three, uh, Chandler, right? Yes. Yep. Uh Mike Vrabel, 
From Epstein List to Mike Vrabel. Wow, wow, wide spectrum. Mike Vrabel underrated. He took the Titans to the playoffs three separate times. He's a good coach. He's been above 500. I was shocked that he got fired. And uh, to be honest with you, if Aaron Glenn gets a coaching job, which I, I really don't think he will unless he has an incredible run in the playoffs, God, he would be my number one choice for a D coordinator. Mike Vrabel, underrated, just a pure football guy. I agree with you, Chaney. Straight football guy. Reminds me of like Dan Campbell-esque. Uh, underrated. Yeah, could you imagine Dan Campbell and Mike Vrabel just like meat, oh, God. Like meat sticking it up on the sidelines? Just bashing like, their be foreheads together awesome. before they'd the be game. doing the Oklahoma drills each unreal, other. yes. Underrated. Uh, I don't think – is this correct? I think that was Brady's last game as a Patriot was a loss to the Titans in the playoffs. Yes. Right? Yep, playoff so. game. Yeah. Mike Vrabel, underrated. Don't know why I got fired Titans or idiots. They traded uh, A.J. Brown for nothing. Uh, number four, back to Chandler because we're snaking, right? Yep. Anime. <laughs> anime over underrated you weird fuck uh, regular I, or porn <laughs> it not, just says anime i'm not into either of them does so, it change your answer um no with that i know people love anime i i've never seen it or played it or whatever i what do you do <laughs> warn it um i'm just not an anime guy so overrated I have no i have no idea i think it's just a cartoon that cracked me up because that's how i feel i don't know if you you watch it, you play it, you crank to it, you wear it. Uh, I just love that you. I just love that you opened with a, Swiss Army knife. I, I know people. I know people love it. Uh, I'm gonna say overrated. I have no idea what it is. Not a cartoon anime person either. Bullshit. <laughs> overrated. Number five. Don't know who's up. You. you. Thank you. Weed drinks. Weed drinks are uh, very underrated. I really enjoy them. Wink, shout out. You don't sponsor anymore, but you did sponsor. You sent me like 8,000 cans of Wink to the house, so I drink one of those almost every night. I love them. I think they're great. Weed drinks, underrated. Yeah, I'm with you, brother. Weed drinks, underrated. Just dabbled in the shroom drinks as well pretty Hello. recently. Both of those, highly underrated. Get high. <laughs> yeah, for me... Um, I like the gummies, I like the edibles, I like to smoke, but I'm just not a big consumption of, of weed and a drink guy, so I'm going to say weed is underrated, weed drinks are overrated. And that's it. That's episode 136. No other show in the state starts with Lions playoff prediction, ends with the Epstein list and weed drinks and anime. I can tell you that right now. So if you got friends who like this show or like that stuff, like this rhythm we got going here, please forward this to them. Let them know what you're listening to. Trying to grow this thing every week. We cannot wait to see you all out here in downtown Detroit going nuts for the Detroit Lions. Biggest game probably in our lifetime, boys. We can't wait to be out there. Um, and we'll just hype it up all week and weekend. And uh, we will see you next week. Go Lions! Oh! See you! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>